0: Log Talk Radio To the frontier beyond Freer. I'm Susan Larison Dance, and today is Sunday, December 31st, 2023. And some of us are referring to this day. In fact, it's being widely revealed to be one, two, three, one, two, three, and perhaps. It is very appropriate that my normal showtime yesterday was delayed until today um, due to some ongoing work that they're doing here on the channel, and today things are working. So this show was always meant to go out live to you on one, two, three. One, two, three. And let me tell you why that is so very synchronistic. Because that is really what we are called to do in our world in sharing the true power of spirituality. We are caught up in a materialistic dream. Some may even call it a nightmare. In the sense that there are far too many materialistic fundamentalists, and I will define that term, who insist, absolutely insist, often very arrogantly, seeking to disempower and diminish others, that we need not even bother exploring and researching the non-material, the spiritual world. So intent are these people on utter denialism That it could possibly exist. And if they give it any bit of an inch at all. Perhaps they might say that oh it's a simulation. Or we're playing a game. Why are we so afraid? So many so afraid of the spiritual. Part of that may be because. They don't have a helpful definition of what the spiritual is. And yet it's repeated to us in so many ways that the divine is love. Omnipresent, all-encompassing love. It's as simple as that. It is one, two, three. It is A, B, C. Not too long ago, I watched um, The Sound of Music that goes on television every so often. And one of the the very um, famous songs, or several famous songs from The Sound of Music, but, um, you know, it's about the beginnings of things. Let's Start at the very beginning. My voice is a little challenged today, so I won't sing Although on any given day. What is it about? You start at the beginning. Do, re, mi. A, B, C. And one, two, three, like today. Today is the ending of a year and the beginning of another. Um, 2024 is a year that I know is causing some trepidation, even among those of us who work with our fears as much as we can consciously. As I've said many times on this show, um, the frontier beyond fear, though there is a space in perfect love beyond fear, yes, and you can feel your fears significantly diminish, and yes, you can experience the peace that passes all understanding in the most challenging of circumstances. Even so, as human beings who choose to come here as souls to learn and to grow and to, to essentially um, put a veil between us and the entirety of the loving, fearless, Divine, we will experience fears at times. We will be misled. We will be disempowered. We will be diminished. We will be disrespected. And yet we can find our way back through this knowledge of unconditional, omnipresent love. It really is the key to everything. It really is simply one, two, three. With childlike wonder we can return to what some may call the garden. In fact, you can feel that when you're out in nature. Just how It brings us back to who we truly are, to this purity of self where we can feel that we are connected. I'll tell you a story that happened yesterday on a day when I thought I'd be doing this show um, and was going to describe it then when I went for a walk that I've had a couple of experiences in the past week with eagles, which I have a long-term experience with over time. I hadn't seen the eagles in a while, and then suddenly they showed up. And i this wasn't yesterday. This was a few days ago. And I took a different path towards them. In fact, I didn't even know. I saw one fly, and then it disappeared ahead of me. And then they started talking. Eagles, if you have never heard the voices of eagles, they're not what you expect to hear. But once you've heard them, it doesn't sound like a hawk. Um, In fact, it's a very unusual sound. And you do not hear eagles often. But I heard them right at the point when I had the chance to find where they were. And I had heard where they might like to be at this time of year. Someone had told me this. And sure enough, there they were. As I walked towards two eagles, who were up on a post, two different posts next to each other. I got my camera out, my phone, and was about to take a picture. And in fact, I used this picture for the show yesterday when I first defined it, and then I moved it to today. And it was as if they had, and I know they do, an awareness of me. And all of a sudden, they took flight and flew right towards me, and I could see their incredible wingspan. It wasn't anything hostile. They weren't coming after me. They just flew right over and quite low. And as they were flying by, I managed to capture a picture, but they were already heading back up into the sky. And that picture is indeed with today's show. So then yesterday... As I was walking before the show, yesterday I took a different route. I've only actually taken this route one other time, just once. And I've walked this general direction many, many times. And for whatever reason, I chose that route again. And what should happen as I walked down this little road Right in front of me, an eagle flew right over, not quite over my head. It went, but where I could see it, right across my path. Had I not walked that way, I never would have seen the eagle. Some will say this is all coincidence. That's the materialistic view. But when you are caught up in the wonder of our connection with nature, you start to think about how statistically improbable some synchronicities are, and this one may seem more mundane than others, although the interesting thing is before I saw the eagles the other day, I was wondering where they were, and sure enough, they showed right up when you get out in nature, it is one, two, three, a, b, c. Those of you listening in other parts of the world, I know you may have a different alphabet, but you also are hearing me, so um, unless you're listening to a translator, which you may be, um, you know, whatever, the beginnings of language, the beginnings of our spiritual language, the beginnings of how we comprehend This multiverse, it doesn't need to be mathematically as in one, two, three, but there are ways that we can categorize some of the things that we see and begin to develop a model for what we see that is real. I had, I can't remember if I mentioned this um, last week, maybe, maybe not, Um, but um, I'm going to be speaking soon. Um, for the first time in some in um, in some years, and I'm going to be at the New Living Expo in the San Francisco area in San Rafael in April. And um, already some of the events, the, the schedule is still in progress, but um, you know you can already go to newlivingexpo.com. But what's interesting is during um, they put out an early promotion. And they actually took something from my biography and projected it into the present. And that is just unfolding into an amazing amount of of work up ahead, things that I want to think about. And it had to do with the fact that early in my computer science career – I have a master's degree in computer science, although this was even before some of this work was before, the very beginnings of this work, the 1-2-3, the ABC, um, was right at the beginning. I, as an intern, was given the assignment one summer um, at towards the end of my undergraduate education. Um, I suppose it, it was my junior year in college that summer between my junior and senior years. I was asked to develop something new, a conceptual model for a natural language interface system. And it was a summer job. And I had to start at the beginning. And there were some guides. It wasn't in a book how to proceed. There were some guides to, you know, go to linguistics. And so that's where I went. I went to the university library, the University of Colorado, where I was at the time, although my office where I was in Denver was actually far from there. But I went up there and I, I was researching in linguistics textbooks as to how to express a modeling of Of language, and I was told to start from the very beginning, how would you conceptualize this umbrella model for the world so somehow, through a series of remarkable synchronicities, I found myself at the very beginnings of that field, and yes, some of that in fact, a lot of it um, has gone down a a dark path where um you know knowledge is not being fully represented um we have materialistic fundamentalists dominating the field in the sense that spirituality is just if it's talked about at all it's just some belief some superstition it reminds me of in in star wars where somebody talks about the force as you know some old superstition and yet it's real and there is evidence that can be studied to show that it's real. And another field of AI where they're they're attempting to um, simulate consciousness, they don't even understand what consciousness is, which is the sad part. So how can you simulate something you don't understand? They don't take into account the heart. A lot of people have been studying physically how the heart has something to do with our consciousness. And they certainly don't take into consideration higher consciousness. They just view it in a strictly mechanistic way, and so that's where we come up with all kinds of dysfunctional things where people, they feel they need to live forever in one physical form because they have no evidence and have no interest of studying evidence of the afterlife, even though there is tons of evidence to study and even more are coming to light every day. In fact, that was one of the early things I started doing on my spiritual path after stumbling across some things after my greater awakening. And because we are viewing the world in such limiting ways, um, we now have to speak, those of us in the spiritual community, and we now need to lead um, because we have... Um, people, it, it's like if you were to put a blindfold on somebody and say, "Hey, you know, you lead." That's pretty much what's going on when you've got materialistic fundamentalism in the lead. Not to mention there are just all kinds of agendas and wanting to twist things to fit a particular profit model or control model or whatever model that is false that they might choose to want to propagate, and real data is often suppressed about so many things, even, you know, just even material things. It's all about you know, whatever the spin happens to be. That has nothing to do with progress or promise or any kind of positive future for us, nor does anything that diminishes us or disempowers us or treats us um, with disrespect. It is time for those of us who are aware and have experienced and seen incredible evidence of the omnipresent divine and how we are inseparable from it to speak and to lead and to find our courage to do so. And I've spoken in different ways for many years, but it's been a while since I've gone to an event, and yes, I will be talking on these topics at the new Living Expo in San Rafael. Um, one of my events i'll I'll post these once the schedule's still being refined over there, um, but um, one of my events is free. With expo admission, in fact, two of my events are free with expo admission. Um, One, you do pay for, but it's a very modest fee. Um, And so on Friday night of this expo, which is, um, that would be Friday, April 19th um, at 7 p.m., I will be speaking on our Leap Beyond AI, which now is also a website in its infancy, which I will be developing And you will find some really interesting things at rleapbeyondai.com. And um, I will be talking about the very things that I'm mentioning here today at 7 p.m. And then on Saturday, at I think it's um, currently at 5 p.m., I am together with a friend and client of mine, someone who's really been a friend longer than I've worked with, very quite recently, working with her. Um, Jean Manning, who has been researching um, some really for years has been researching alternative energy solutions. We have a joint paid talk together, and you can already buy tickets to that, but the page is still under development, um, but you could still buy tickets if you want to go there. I won't post it yet until it's fully present, um, and um And so you will find that on Saturday at the expo. And the the minimum cost to get into that event is $28 for a ticket, which is very modest. And all of these, you've got to buy the admission to the expo first. Then on Sunday, this isn't posted yet. Later in the day, exact start time, I don't have just yet. It will be 4 or 4.30 p.m. It will be quite a long, um, at least two-and-a-half hours panel. I will be moderating a panel and co-facilitating with my friend. I'll be the moderator, but I'm co-facilitating with Gene Manning again, where we are going to explore um, breakthrough science, You know, where we're researching these things, freeing these topics, consciousness, Looking at intuition, in fact, the event all the events have to do with comparing our human omnipresent intuition to AI in terms of creativity and how we can even do research. Intuition is lightning fast. I have gone to discoveries so fast through intuition, and so have others who have experienced this. There is no comparison, no brute force searching. Could, could simulate it. So there's a lot coming up. And for me, I am returning in a way to 1, two, 3, 1, two, 3, in really launching some things. And one of the big things I'm thinking about in the new year does have to do with, and this is a Open question right now. We do need to think about, because I do have expertise from the very beginning, like at the very beginnings of this, which is incredible, because there was no, I mean, I can't say how much this work um, that was in a particular place traveled, but I was an early person to be thinking about how to conceptualize a language model, which um, through total synchronicity. I've known people who worked on the first um, real web browser, and it was basically down the hall in graduate school. And there were actually a number of people on that team. And I've told this story before how I even had the opportunity to work on it, but I didn't know what it was. I heard the word net, and I thought, you know what? I don't like networking. I didn't really understand what the project was, and it was never explained to me. That's because I wasn't supposed to be on that project, and that's fine. I did something else which actually had to do with language modeling again in graduate school. And in both of these cases, using the language LISP, which is an AI language. Um, So in any case, what I wanted to say is those people who happened to work on that project, they just were in the right place at the right time. They were always meant to work on it. And not everybody got recognized for their work on it, sadly, nor did they earn anything from it, which often can happen in history, and there's an example. But they had their place in contributing. All of these projects in the technological world have pluses and minuses. In fact, I would go so far as to say that any conscience-filled person looking at it in retrospect i mean i'm here speaking because that because of technology so i can't discount it because we're here for a reason at this time we're here learning as we are as souls at this time and we're using technology but as you will hear me say whether you see me live or here on my broadcast, or wherever else you may hear my voice, and that could also start to grow. There have been other places in the past, and there will be others in the future. I am of the opinion that we never needed any of it. We could have developed as a human species entirely spiritually, especially if we had abandoned fears that have nothing to do with spirituality. Like, you know, um, when, when people fear the gods, for example, however they are, it can lead to some dark things. And if we had emphasized the love and omnipresence Of that love instead of fearing everything that happened to us, then we would have gone down a very different path and we never would have needed technology or industrialization or anything and we would have lived in perfect partnership with our planet. That opportunity is still ahead of us. It may take some time. Um. I'm sure there are species that are able to integrate some degree of technology with spirituality, but ultimately it really isn't needed because when you are aware of spiritual potentials, it encompasses everything. It brings you peace. It brings you um, healing. It brings you the ability even to shield yourself as a planet. Um, It brings remarkable skills. Um, Remote viewing is no more than seeing through the eyes. Well, it can be more. Um, I have some theories and also actually some real-world knowledge that synchronistically happened just because of my own experience. Um, It has everything to do with the omnipresent design, design, yes, divine If consciousness, and it's not just consciousness, pure embodied love, I mean, we're talking about something that is personal. It's not just some rule. It's not just some force. This is the loving, omnipresent divine, and it is a real consciousness, a real being, that we are also inseparable from. We, too, are beautiful, created beings, and we're a part of this. And, of course, you'd be able to see across time, across space, in all kinds of ways. That's all it is. It's just omnipresence. That's it. The more that we raise our awareness of omnipresence, the more these things come to us with clarity. So I'm not going to go too long beyond the live show today. Um, I know that there may be some new listeners, and I welcome you. Um, And this show originated many years ago out of my presence on the Oprah Forum. I was known as Bridge Builder on the Oprah Forum, which um, um, that also led to my Twitter account. And I wrote extensively on the Oprah Forum, and many of my posts, or a number, um, rose to the point of uh, place on her front page that was what everyone's talking about. And I was, you know, it just floored me when it would happen, the first time it happened. And there was no name. They knew my name um, when I registered, but you weren't supposed to use your real name. Um, And eventually my name was known to ABC um, because I may have been, but I just talked about this a few episodes ago. Um, I got involved with um, an ABC Nightline event. There were some really lofty things that happened. So you may have heard my voice in that way. You may have heard my voice on another show that came out of Portland for many years. I would call in, and that show eventually ended up on the premier radio network, um, and that's Clyde Lewis's show. I went to UFO events, and I was live there in person on panels and talking, or we had one panel. Other times it was just groups. And my um, point of view was always on the higher consciousness ways of thinking about Um, extraterrestrial beings and the entire phenomenon. So there have been many ways that I have been present through the years. And I've spoken and I've written in unusual ways. And I rather like that. And that then eventually became this show, The Frontier Beyond Fear, in 2010. Um, And in fact, it was in parallel with... um, some of that other radio work was just beginning at that time, but after the Oprah Forum. You can learn more about this show at frontierbeyondfear.com. It's syndicated everywhere, well not everywhere, but in a number of places. Um, it originates on Blog Talk Radio um, live most Saturdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio, for highlighting the show while live on their homepage. Um, which it is today. And thank you, those of you listening live, for the first time perhaps. Now that the live show is drawing to completion, I will say a few words to those of you listening in the podcast. In fact, I am going to read something. I often read things in these shows, and I opened right to this right before the show. So it actually wants to be read in a giant book and I never know who I'm going to open to. Um, actually, before I read that, I will briefly um, say something about "Old um, Lang Syne," the song, since today is technically um, New Year's Eve Day, And for some of you, it's already New Year's Eve. Um, and for some of you, it's already the New Year. And I just happened to wake up listening. I turned on the radio and they were talking and I was reminded that Robert Burns, the poet who lived, let's see, lived in the 1700s, he lived from 1759 to 1796. I'm always struck by how people, in fact, the second reading today will reflect on this. People who've had such an influence on our culture um, weren't necessarily with us for that long, and yet they managed to do remarkable things with their writing and their creativity. And let that be an an encouragement to all of us that whenever in life we start to make a difference, or however much of a difference we are meant to have, that it is what is meant to be through our souls. Anyway, Robert Burns... um, wrote old, old old lang Syne. it's always hard to pronounce that but he also said that he had heard someone say it in fact it's here in this book too i heard it on the radio this morning it says burns produced his lyric in 1788 for an older tune than the one to which it is now sung He never claimed authorship of this poem, but repeatedly stated that he wrote it down after hearing an old man sing it. Nevertheless, no earlier trace of it has ever been discovered. That was at the time of this book, which is actually quite an old book. I'm not going to say the words. In fact, in the poem, um, you may have trouble understanding the words completely, But what this poem is really about is bringing forward the things of old and not devaluing all of those things. Because truly, we had many spiritual opportunities. If we go way back in time that we can't even remember, there have been spiritual opportunities for us in the past. And especially when we think about our communion with nature and how we feel that relationship with nature, a partnership where we're not at odds with it, where we're in partnership with nature. Many of these ideas are very old, not new. So Old Lang Syne reminds us to value and treasure those things and old friendships, old relationships. But I take it even farther back. So that's one bit of writing that came to my attention today. The other, wanted to be read, opened right to the page. And I i don't think I've, I don't know if I've opened to this page before. I see that it has a little, um, it's a huge book, both of these books. I didn't open to the the Burns page. This book is over 1,150 pages. And I happened to open, I had to look and see where this was, what it was I was reading, from a sonnet by William Shakespeare. And let's be reminded, William Shakespeare lived from 1564 to 1616. Again, it's not such an incredibly long life and look at how much by today's standards and even in the old days there were people who would live a long time. You know, that's... um, But it was perhaps more likely that you didn't. Not always, I sense. See, that too can be a myth. That suggests that only through materialistic intervention do we improve. Because any culture that had a spiritual way of approaching healing, they would have a longevity well beyond ours. So what I turned to, this page, had Sonnet 65 and it may have something to say about old Lang Syne which I later opened to, but it has something to say to us about our time on the earth. I've been reflecting upon this you know, how much more, you know, what, what is I want to make the most of the time that I have remaining. You know, I'm not in my 20s anymore, certainly. And that will be in a spiritual way and in an expressive way and in really speaking up for spirituality. And, yes, researching things, very likely modeling things. That was not a coincidence that happened. There's something that's going to come from that where we need to be thinking about models of our spiritual knowledge because the materialists are not going to do that. So this is from, um, I don't know if it's in its entirety because this book has some excerpts, but I think it may be Sonnet 65 of William Shakespeare. Since brass, nor stone, nor earth, nor boundless sea, but sad mortality oersways their power. How with this rage shall beauty hold a plea? Whose action is no stronger than a flower? Oh, how shall summer's honey breath hold out against the rackful siege of battering days when rocks impregnable are not so stout? Nor gates of steel so strong, but time, with a capital T, decays. O fearful meditation, where alack, shall time's best jewel from time's chest lie hid? Or what strong hand can hold his swift foot back, or who his spoil of beauty can forbid? O none. Unless this miracle have might, that in black ink, my love may still shine bright. That is a beautiful bit of expression that actually has a spiritual meaning that came to me as I was reading it. This has to do with, I'm reading William Shakespeare's poem, right now, and I know that there's been a lot of discussion of what was his actual identity and all that. I'm not an expert on any of that. I just know about that's been discussed. His words lasted through the ages. His expression of love lasted through the ages. On a spiritual level, nothing that we do as as souls is lost. The akash, or however you want to label it, it doesn't matter what your spiritual path, that which is recorded of what all souls experience is a part of the experience of the omnipresent divine. This is why we're here to be expressions, loving expressions of creation as us. You'll never be the person you are now. And as you grow, you continue to grow into a new person. That person is valued and treasured, just like Shakespeare's sonnets. All of your experiences, whatever they are, however imperfect they feel, because we do have a veil here on earth. We're meant to be having these experiences, learning and growing, instead of being in a space where we can't, the light is so bright. When the light is so bright that you can't distinguish it from anything else, sometimes you need to be in a place where there are nuances of the light, where there are shadows. We are deriving new things. We are creation in motion. We are the omnipresent divine expressing itself in the human form because we are inseparable from the omnipresent divine. As imperfect as we are, we make mistakes. We go down roads that seem like dead ends. Our hearts break. It's all a part of our experience here. The love of the divine can never be diminished. And yes, in his simplicity of expression here, William Shakespeare's words, he knew would outlast his one life, this particular life of his being William Shakespeare, or whatever his actual name was in his time. It's just one life. He had an influence, but even the most minor, so-called minor of lives, have value. And we will celebrate together our stories that we lived and what we learned and what we created and what our soul agreements were with others and then where we'll take it in other ways. Linearity is always difficult to understand when we think about the omnipresent divines. It transcends linearity as well. But there is a sense of linearity, certainly, here. And we'll see how we choose to express ourselves across the veil. It's difficult to conceive. It may be a construct that helps us to unfold. Even the word unfold it implies linearity, but it is not a requirement. So... With that said, those of you listening on this day or close, I do want to wish you a happy new year, a peaceful new year. May you find love and peace in your hearts. I know that there are tumultuous things happening everywhere. 2024 is a pivotal year And we will need our spirituality more than ever, those of us who are so blessed, truly, to have a path as souls, to know it. Because, you know, those who are stuck and blinded by materialistic fundamentalism, and let's be clear, those two words go together materialistic fundamentalism is not a general type of fundamentalism. All it means is strictly adhering to the materialistic worldview to the point of never questioning it where and not even allowing others to question or explore or research or do anything. It's a very um, um, diminished way of being it. It is not science. Um, It's a paradigm in science, but if you're not interested in exploring reality, that's not science, and it's something that will rapidly be superseded when we actually do more research and have it out in the open and where it's um, actually valued in our world. All of that is possible. That is our brighter future, is a true exploration of reality, with a capital R. So, again, Happy New Year. And whenever you're listening to this show, even far in the future, it's not tied to any particular time. May you find peace on your path. May you look for your purpose. May you choose to express it. May you find the courage to be who you are and to do what you can with the talents that you have. Some people, I know that many of us have talents that started just at day one and others that developed over time. Whatever your talent in this world, may you express it with abandon, with passion, with purpose. Together, we can make a difference because this is a miraculous world. And miracles are possible and do happen every day. Take care, everyone. I will see you next time.